Big thanks to our sponsor, Microsoft Azure, for supporting the first season of Function. Startups, governments, and 90% of Fortune 500 companies are already running on Microsoft Cloud. Join them and find new ways to achieve more. Stay productive with familiar tools, develop and deploy where you want with a consistent hybrid environment, and build engaging apps with intelligent features. You can bring your bold ideas to life faster, push them further, and scale them worldwide. Start your free account at azure.com slash trial. That's A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Hi, welcome to Function. I'm Anil Dash. Every week on Function, we talk about the ways that technology and apps are affecting our culture and society by talking to developers and designers about the technical choices they make that impact our culture as well as the users of those apps and technology who have to live with the choices that are made. This week's episode is a fun one, and it's a question that's been plaguing me for some time. It's a big question. Why do so many celebrities end up using the Apple Notes app whenever they have to issue an apology to the public? If you're anywhere on social media, you've probably seen these things. It's when a person types up their statement, takes a screenshot, and then posts a screenshot of that Notes app on Instagram, on Twitter, on Snapchat or anywhere else that you can share a picture these days. And the weird thing is, obviously, Apple Notes was not intended to be a place where celebrities lay down their sins and apologize. But somehow it has morphed into a platform where anybody, whether they're Drake or just some random influencer on Twitter, can load up this app and use it to tell the world that they're sorry. Now, if you're a regular person who doesn't end up often having to apologize to giant mobs of angry people on the internet, then you probably just use the Notes app to make your shopping list or to jot down ideas. You know, honestly, one of the inspirations for this episode came from a meme I saw online where it's showing a handshake representing two ideas coming together. And the one hand is celebrities apologizing. The other hand is regular people making grocery lists. And the place that those hands are shaking together is at the Apple Notes app. Later in the show, I'm going to be talking to a user experience designer to find out from a design perspective why the Apple Notes app is so appealing to all of us. But first, we're going to hear from Kara Brown. She is an expert on celebrities and pop culture. And not only does she write about pop culture, she also writes for TV, and she's the co-host of the podcast Keep It. Kara explained why she thinks celebrities use Apple Notes to make their apologies and whether it's an effective way to tell the world that you're sorry. So let's break this down a little bit. We're, we're talking today about Apple Notes, which is the notepad app that just comes on an iPhone, comes on, comes on your basic phone. Can you talk a little bit about what is an Apple Notes apology or what are the, the messages that people send out using Apple Notes on, on uh, social media? Yeah, so an Apple Notes apology is generally made by a celebrity uh, after they have, have said or done something unsavory. It's hard to really trace when it began, but I think it's one of those things where you say Apple Note apology and everyone knows what you mean. And so an example is maybe Lena Dunham, who has been a celebrity who has apologized a lot. And usually they'll compose some sort of message where they apologize and they explain themselves and take back their words or whatever it is. And then they'll just screenshot the notes app and screenshot what they've typed and either tweet that or put it on Instagram. And and that's a that's an Apple Notes apology, basically. And maybe you could talk a little bit even what they look like. They got that like that embossed text. Like they look a little bit like it's a wedding invite or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, 
the funny thing about the notes app is it's not really meant to be something you're showing people. It's sort of, it's just a functional tool. So you still sort of see the tabs to go back to your other notes and, you know, settings and all of that. Um, and I think often it's kind of gray when you see the the background and the, and the black text. So it's not really, there's certainly no like aesthetic choices being made when you're doing this. If you're, you know, a hashtag problematic celeb and you keep screwing up and you have choices though, right? You could do, a, I guess, a YouTube video. You could you could talk to people. You could have your, your PR person put out a press release. What do you think makes somebody go to, I'm going to put this Apple note up on my, my Instagram or up on my Twitter? I think the decision to do the notes app is tied to more generally the way that celebrities are using social media. So more than ever, it feels like you have access to famous people because they can tweet at you and you can tweet at them and maybe they'll respond back or they'll like your tweet and the same thing goes for Instagram. And so what I think the reason that people geared towards Apple notes apologies is because it feels a little bit more authentic, I think, in their mind, rather than having a publicist release a statement, you know, to the press. This is the celebrity going directly to the fans, directly to the people. Whether or not this is actually true, I think the assumption is also that this is something that they compose themselves, that this is just them getting things off of their chest and it's the most authentic version of their voice and there wasn't a team of publicists involved. Although I don't necessarily think that's true in in some scenarios. <laughs> so right, so notes makes it real, right? That's like this is really from this person and this is this is where the truth is. Yes. Okay. And I think it's supposed to feel like we're really supposed to take the apology because you know it's I think we're you can imagine them picking up their phone and like looking really torn and just trying to find the right words and it's just putting their heart out there and then right it. and if they did it on a video even if it's a you know a, a snapchat or, or an instagram video they got the lights and they got all this stuff and it feels a little more artificial and I mean there's there's something to with an apology to just saying what you need to say and being done with it. And I would worry, depending on who I was, that putting myself on video like that, like it it also gives people a lot more room to criticize you. Mm -hmm. And so you could watch a video and say, well, he doesn't look sorry. Or why why did she smile at the end of that if she's really sorry? Um, It seems like it could open, it could very easily make things worse for you. Right. Do you think there are celebrities that like, if they go back in their notes folder, like they've got like 10 different apologies all lined up? Like that's all their notepad is. Like I said, I think Lena Dunham has a lot. <laughs> I think Azealia Banks has a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Hers, they're not always quite apologies, which is the other funny thing with the quote-unquote Apple Notes apology because sometimes it's just people explaining themselves further and it's not really an apology, although maybe they think that it is. Um, but those two are, are two people I know who have apologized to a lot. <laughs> so let's let's take it back, though. If we go back in history, like who do you think should have – the big Apple Notes folder full of apologies. Like, who should have been tweeting their Apple Notes notes out there? Well, you know, we just celebrated Indigenous Peoples Day, mm. so Christopher Columbus would be a, a prime <laughs> suspect for. That might be a little bigger than Apple Notes is capable of. Like, you don't, you yeah, it's have. it's definitely yeah. He wouldn't. He he certainly wouldn't be able to make up for anything. But and I would imagine he'd have a lot of things to apologize for. Um, it's not that far back in history, but I feel like if it existed, like Joe Biden might have done an Apple Notes apology post Anita Hill. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the committee what was the most embarrassing of all the incidences that you have alleged? 
I think the one that was the most embarrassing. I don't know how sorry he still is, but at least in terms of the optics of it, that seems like the type of I'm a real guy thing and I'm really, you know, I really feel bad for what I've done. It seems like a, a notes app apology might have might have been the way for him. So that that's interesting. I think that's such a nice signal of like this is authentic. Is there any other medium that has that? Like if if you you know, God forbid you have an Android phone or, or you know, you're, you're in some place you don't have access to Apple Notes, but you have to put out a sincere apology to the world for what you've done. Where, where, do, you, where do you go? What app do you use? I mean, I, I've seen people use Instagram a lot and they'll maybe do it in the the caption. Although I, I personally hate very long Instagram captions. I'm like, this is not what this medium was for. It's for pictures. I don't need two paragraphs in a caption which to me necessarily is not a caption. It, the funny thing about those is whatever image they've chosen to use when they're doing the apology in the caption, because that feels tricky to me. Like, what's something that's contrite and can't be misconstrued <laughs> and makes it clear that you're about to apologize? And I'm not really sure. This may be its own app at some point, right? It's just all apologies. That's right. all we do here. Just all apologies. <laughs> or, you know, they could, I think some pe- I feel like I've seen some people handwrite things and then take a picture of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know recently, and this was not an apology, but the director Boots Riley was responding to Spike Lee's Black Klansman, and he wrote a very long document in in Word, and it was like a three-page Word document that he... I guess, screenshotted and uploaded. Um, I'm not exactly sure how he did that, but uh, I did not enjoy that. That was, <laughs> was too long. <laughs> okay, so that that's the too far. Like, you're too writerly if you're busting out Microsoft Word to do your messaging on social media. Like, that's just get a blog or, like, go somewhere else. Right, or write an op-ed, uh, go on a podcast. It just, n- nobody needs nobody needs three pages. Right. That's not Screenshot it, so then you have to zoom in, you know, because you're not actually in Word. It's Right, there's no dignity to zooming in on the picture of the text. No. <laughs> so, a personal question. If you had an apology to make in your life, how are you sending that to, to that person that you've wronged or the people that you've wronged? Well, if I only hurt one person, I think I would probably do a text or a call situation. But if I had to apologize to a bunch of people, of which, you know, of course, will never happen to me. I'll, I'll, I'll never. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> but um, I th- Just for this podcast. Just That's for it. this podcast. I think I'd probably tweet it, to be honest, uh, than, do, than do the Notes app. Something about the Notes app, too, it just feels like it opens yourself up to ridicule that I don't want. So I would probably do a concise but eloquent Twitter chain. And you would do a thread. You do like I thread it. Yeah, I'd probably thread it. Um, I mean, hopefully I don't have that much to apologize for. And if I could if I could get it out in one tweet, that would be ideal. But yeah, I think I would thread it. Well, I I think we have explored the boundaries of how we we perform apologies today. I will trust you, uh, Kara, to be the authority on how uh, celebrities should deploy this power of theirs. Thank you so much for joining us on Function. Thank you for having me. After the break, we'll hear from Regine Gilbert, a senior user experience designer, about why Apple Notes is so appealing to all of us. On Function, we explore the stories behind the world's most impactful technology. Coming up next, we'll hear an advertiser segment from Microsoft Azure about the tech behind how one NBA team grew its fan base. The Portland Trailblazers have a loyal following. 
We have a building with 20,000 seats in it roughly. A little over half of them are season ticket holders and those are filled every night. But the challenge is filling the other 10,000 seats. And the person who is up to the challenge is Mike Schumacher. He's the director of analytics for the Trailblazers. We have all these leads and a lot of people that we could contact via email or like social media, but we also have a sales staff that can reach out on the phone. In sales, a call can make a world of difference, but calling some 200,000 people who went to see the Trailblazers last year is unrealistic. That's where machine learning comes in. Rohan Kumar is the corporate vice president of the Azure data team at Microsoft. Predictive analytics can be used to drive a much deeper customer engagement. You could essentially think about predicting customer behavior. You know, data tells you things which your intuition doesn't. For the Portland Trailblazers, it meant using the machine learning capabilities in Microsoft Azure to find that hidden fan. Things like watching specific sports channels. If you are a heavy LinkedIn user, or if you're a cord cutter and you have, say, a streaming device, um, those are also data points that were more predictive in identifying someone that was interested in purchasing tickets. Mike and his team were able to get more Trailblazer fans to games using Azure's Workbench. The result? In the 2016-2017 season, the sales campaign got one out of four people to buy tickets instead of one out of 20. Curious about how AI and machine learning can transform the way to do business? Sign up for a free Azure account today and play around. Get started at azure.com slash trial. A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Thanks, Microsoft Azure, for sponsoring Function. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Function. I'm Anil Dash. Almost every celebrity who's ever had to say they were sorry used Apple Notes. Whether it was Taylor Swift, Kendall Jenner, the Migos, Lena Dunham, the list goes on. And it even includes Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, who has tweeted screenshots of notes that he's written using the Apple Notes app. Now, Kara just explained that these Apple Notes apologies can sometimes seem more genuine or more sincere than a canned statement from a publicist or some regular press release. But what is it about the app from a design perspective that makes it such a good fit whether you're writing a grocery list or offering an apology to millions of fans? Regine Gilbert is a user experience designer and a professor at NYU's Tandon School of Engineering. And what user experience or UX designers focus on is the ways we interact with a product. And in their case, they see everything as a product. It could be an app or a website, or it can even be like a paper form that you use at the DMV. And what UX designers focus on is making sure products are usable, they're functional, they're simple, they're accessible. But as you'll hear in a second, what user experience designers are especially concerned about is how we feel about the product we're interacting with. And the way we feel about apps and software is becoming ever more important because this tech is integrated into every part of our lives now. I talked to Regine about the Apple Notes app, why we like using it, and what that says about the ways we interact with technology. Regine Gilbert has joined us today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So you're an expert in what we in the tech industry call UX. Uh, talk to us about what UX stands for and what that work means. At the end of the day, we hope to make experiences better for people. 
I like to tell people that UX is platform agnostic, so it could range from service to something digital to something physical. Uh, my students this semester at NYU are working with the Legal Aid Society on the arraignment process, which is paper, right? So it could range in medium, and what the intent is is to make things easier, uh, usable, and better for people so that they feel good when they're using the product, service, or whatever it is that they're using. So when we talk about design, a lot of people think of visual design, like what are the the fonts you're using or the colors or something like that. That's just one aspect of overall user experience. There's so much to user experience. Uh, I say you ask five different people, they'll tell tell you five different things, and I'll give you my personal definition. Either you feel good doing something or you don't, and there is no middle. It's like things are a hell yes or they're a no. Let's start the sort of building blocks here. Everybody that's got an iPhone that's running iOS has got this Apple Notes app. Talk to me about, like, what, what's the purpose of that? Why do we have it? What's the real reason we're supposed to be using this thing? That's a very good question. I'm not sure the real reason. Uh, however, I do know that it's it's a application that it, you can have on all your different devices. You you know, it's all about keeping us on on our devices, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they Staying say connected it's not. to Apple. Screen time says it's not about that, but it, it can be. So having the functionality, the app on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop. It's something you could use. It's native, so it's already built into whatever you're using. Mm -hmm. So it's something that people want to use because it's there. So it comes built in. And this is a a long tradition, right? You go back to the early days of whether it's the Mac or Windows or whatever. They've always had like a little notepad app, right? Yes. And then, you know, more recently you have whatever it is, Evernote or, or Apple Notes. Like there's a couple apps that do this. But that basic functionality is almost like a building block you take for granted. Right. We used to write on paper mm-hmm. back 11 years ago. We used to have the iHome. Yeah. Because we were so used to having alarm clocks. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden our phones became our alarm clocks. And our phones have replaced so many things that we were used to using on a daily basis mm-hmm. that we don't anymore. We don't carry around a pad of paper so mm-hmm. what do we use? We open up our phone and we put a note in. So you are, among many other things, an educator. Yes. And you talk to your students about this Apple Notes situation, and they are coming up in a world where this is every day. Whoever they love, whatever they listen to, whatever they watch, every celebrity they know is taking their turn being the problematic one and more often than not probably going to you know tweet out or go to Tumblr and share that that Apple Notes note. What do, what do your students think about this phenomenon? So I teach at uh, NYU's Tandon School of Engineering. So these are all engineering students. They're very savvy. They're very tech savvy. And I asked them a question last night because I was curious. I asked them, when you wake up, do you pick up your phone within the first 10 minutes of waking? And they all raised their hand. Oh, yeah. And I said, for those of you who have iPhones, how many of you use Notes? And they all, everybody that used an iPhone all raised their hand. And I said, well, why do you use it? People said, it's easy. It's there. I can send things to, you know, wherever I want to send them to. I used to, you know, send things to myself, but now I just put it in notes. I could send it to my friends. I could send it to my classmates. And at the, bottom, at the end of the day, it was about it being easy and there. Right. And let's talk a little bit about the design choices in this app, which is like... It's got this bright yellow all over it. 
like some sort of paper texture thing going on. Talk to me a little bit about what you see when you look at as through a designer's eyes. Well, notes. it gives us a, a sense of familiarity because it looks like paper, right? And no matter where you are from, you use paper. Mm-hmm. You use paper with lines on it. Uh, the text that's used, it looks somewhat like some writing. I mean, back in the day, they used Comic Sans, so it just looks silly. <laughs> but nowadays, it looks like something you can like write. Like a handwriting. Yeah, you can make uh, things bold or italic. You can add in images now. You can do a lot of different things. You, if you're using your iPad, maybe you're sketching something out. So mm-hmm. there's there's all these different things you could do now, but it, it's reminiscent of paper. That's interesting, too, because back in the day iOS, all the Apple devices, they had that sort of trying to look like real things. They're trying to look like a real calculator, trying to look like a real clock. And then they went flat. They're like, everything is just these real simple, like white background, maybe red, blue light or something like that. And that was about it. But notes, notes is still hanging on, right? It's got like paper. It looks like you just tore it off of a legal pad. The funny thing about us as people is that we, our behavior changes so slowly but the technology is changing quickly. And those things that are familiar to us, we kind of like to hold on to. Because when people change anything, it, it's an uproar. So that, that raises this question. Now we have our, our apps and our devices trying to comfort us, trying to make us feel like this is familiar, this is what you know. Yet these same devices are what leave us hanging out there where we say wild things on social media, we get ourselves in trouble. And all of a sudden, whether you're a regular person, you're a celebrity, it's time to make right. You got to make an apology. You got to get things square. And now it seems like people are finding Apple Notes as the way to start to do that. It's very interesting in terms of behavior that people are choosing to pour their hearts out in this app, Mm -hmm. right? Things and thoughts that they wouldn't normally share with someone, they are putting down and then they're sharing it out there to the public. People used to publicly just go out, go on shows, mm-hmm. but now we have all these different platforms where people can just literally, I can have my note, I can send it to Twitter, I could send it to Instagram, I can send it wherever I wanna send it easily. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what's changed. You don't have to actually physically go somewhere and make an announcement. You don't have to be Drake and go on a radio show and say, I'm sorry for what I did back in the day. I didn't mean to do all those things, right? You you literally send this message with one tap. An apology is a vulnerable thing, right? You're putting yourself out there. You're, you're sort of letting yourself be subject to the whims of the public. Do you think that, that notes being designed and mainly be for yourself and not for writing to other people is part of why people can be vulnerable there? I do. Having that that familiarity of having it be like paper, having it be like that journal maybe that you wrote in when you were little, uh, and sh- being able to share that, and being able to share that to the people that you care about. You know, if you're a celebrity, those are your fans, right? right? And you don't really care about the haters because you want to talk to your fans. So whether it was Notes or some other app, what would you want to design into our phones, into our devices to encourage us to be vulnerable that way, to encourage us to express those feelings? Like, what would you change? Just starting with notes. If you could change something in notes and say it would be better for sharing your feelings, what would you want them to change? Well, I think when you read notes, and and this goes for text or anything that we read, we read it in the state that we're in. 
not the intent of the sender. And so if there were a way to really express the emotions of the person who's actually sending that message versus the reader, that would be great. Uh, There are applications out there. Uh, I use Marco Polo with my friends. We're in different states and we are able to talk to each other and see each other and see each other's kids and see all these things that we couldn't get through a text or we couldn't get even through an Instagram because we're talking to each other and we're actually having a conversation. So I think if you could build in a way to hear that other person's voice and actually have a conversation, that would be a nice additional feature. Going the other way, do you think there are even more apps that are going to be sort of repurposed this way? You think about what comes with your phone, what comes with your devices, these things that find unexpected uses. Is that a common pattern where people sort of take the tools and make it their own? Yeah, people always figure out a way to work around things. We all text, right? And when when text was invented, it wasn't invented for people who could hear. It was made for deaf people. So a lot of these things, I think, that are kind of adaptive end up being used by everybody. So I think when when I encourage my designers uh, to design for those extremes because you never know, you want to think about everybody, right, who could possibly be using your product. So I, I think there'll be ways, and, and we've already seen it in other forms uh, where people adapt things. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. That's an interesting point because I think of, you know, a couple years back, Frank Ocean was writing on Tumblr by taking – screenshots of the the text edit app on his Mac, a desktop app. And he was on Tumblr where you can write as much as you want. You got as many, it's not 140 characters. You can put as many words as you want. And clearly he must have felt it signified something to have the screenshot of that app to write there and to not copy and paste it. Do you think that there's there's meaning in that? Is that something that an artist is, they're expressing something by doing that? I think that they are showing that it's them doing it because a lot of people know that it's you know when it comes to the social there's whole teams right the social media manager yeah social media manager is using hootsuite or whatever they're using (laughs) in order to get things out there to the public so when you see a message that's in notes or a text editor and that person is posting it directly you know it's from them so i think that's where people want to say hey this is really me we see this phenomenon of everybody creating these apologies using Apple Notes, and we talk about it. It resembles paper, so it evokes something that we know is familiar. But is this real contrition? Is this effective? Does this have the desired result where it makes somebody reflect on their mistakes or it really helps them uh, you know, reconnect with whoever, whomever they've wronged? Well, it all goes back to what that intent is and what mood the receiver is in. Right. So, you know, in user experience, we design these experiences, but we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Really, we can design for the best thing. We could test with a lot of people. We can do all these things to figure out things. But at the end of the day, how somebody accepts something is totally individual and unique. And based on if somebody's in a bad mood and they read your apology, they could care less about your apology. If they're in a good mood, they may accept it. So it's, it depends so many times on, on that receiver, no matter what that intent is. All right. So let's say the unthinkable happens and you are the person who has to offer your public, your fans, an apology. How would you do it? How would you share that message? 
I would share it in a video because for me, I think hearing my voice, seeing my face, me showing my sincere regret for what I could have done would be the most real thing for me. So that's how I would do it. But everybody's different. I mean, some people feel more comfortable writing it out. So if you do, then do it that way. But for me, it would be definitely a video and voice and thinking about people who, because I have friends who are blind and stuff. So I would think about them hearing my voice, right? And those who can see me, see me and see my sincerity and hopefully believe me. Regine, thank you so much for joining us on Function. Thank you. All right. So this week on Function, we have gone deep on Apple Notes, maybe thinking more about this little app than anybody except for Apple themselves. And Apple Notes is a weird app. It's got this weird crinkly paper look to it, and it doesn't have a whole lot of features. But maybe making it more complicated wouldn't be much better. Because we think about other tools like video instead of text, and notice that Regine said video might make an apology seem more sincere and like somebody really meant it. But Kara said video might be something that gets picked apart more and more criticized and people would think the expression on your face or the tone of your voice wasn't exactly right. Apologies are one of the hardest things that any of us can do in our lives and it only gets tougher if you're a public figure that has to offer a public apology. But they're important because it's important for people to be vulnerable if they've got a platform or a voice in the world. But also it's a good way to establish norms about what's acceptable or when you've crossed the line. And that makes me wonder if maybe it's the constraints in Apple Notes that make it really good for apologies, because the app doesn't do a whole lot, so it lets us focus on the hard part, which is telling the world, I'm really sorry that I screwed up. That's it for this week. Next week on Function, we're going to take a deep dive into another important question in internet culture. Why is it okay to embed a bunch of GIFs of an entire movie, but not the whole movie itself? Function is produced by Bridget Armstrong. Our associate producer is Maurice Cherry. Nishat Kurwa is the executive producer of audio for the Vox Media Podcast Network. Our engineers are Srinivas Ramamurthy and Jarrett Floyd. And thanks to Jelani Carter for your help this week. Our theme music was composed by Brandon McFarland. And big thanks to the entire team at Glitch. You can follow me on Twitter at Anil Dash. And of course, you can always check out Function at glitch.com function. So please remember to subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Keeping up with your competition is important. Taking the lead with unmatched innovation, that is impressive. And that's what's possible when you build your next generation of smart apps on Microsoft Azure. Clear the way for unparalleled productivity with end-to-end development and management tools. Integrate cloud capabilities across your environment with the only consistent hybrid cloud. Discover transformative insights through artificial intelligence and real-time data, and scale across more global regions than you'll get from any other cloud provider. Because every business and every organization, whether small or large, old or new, has something to gain by reaching beyond the limits of an on-premise data center. What will you achieve when you come to the cloud? Get started with a free account and 12 months of popular services at azure.com trial. That's azure.com slash trial. You know how to spell it, A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. 
Thanks to everyone who listened to the first episode of Function, where we went deep on the video game Fortnite, as well as the artists who helped inspire the dances that are used as emotes in the game. If you missed it, make sure to go back and listen. And if you want to hear more about video games and video game culture, you should definitely check out The Polygon Show. It's about all the video games you'll never have time to play. And it's brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as they are about gaming. Every Friday, The Polygon Show will bring you a new hour of personal stories, like what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands, or the best way to experience Yakuza 0. Above all, they just have a good time talking about the games they love. Check out The Polygon Show wherever you listen to podcasts, and find them on Twitter at at Polygon Show.